Again, I just want to reiterate, Daryl and Bethany are driving the car. I'm just a backseat driver. They are driving full speed. Um, I'm thankful um, to you guys and for allowing me the opportunity to speak, to share my heart, share my experience with God is speaking. I think it speaks a lot about the leadership of this church, and it speaks a lot about who we are as a community. And so I just want to say I love you guys, and uh, we love your leadership here. And uh, you guys are amazing. So, all right. So I know many of you guys have been watching the news this week and have seen the events that have torn our nation apart, uh, that have allowed a lot of people to grieve, have been heavy on the, on the hearts of a lot of Americans. Um, my goal today is, is a challenging one. Um, it's one that I require the ultimate power and comfort of the Holy Spirit in. Um, I do not plan to bring ultimate clarity uh, and insight to the struggle or the emotion, uh, the injustice of the most recent events that have taken place in our nation. Um, I think that's, that's far too big of a job for me, but what I do plan to do at least um, is to share my own experience um, as a friend, as a brother, as a son of this community, um, one that at least you know through relationship in hopes that the Holy Spirit will use my words, my testimony um, to open the eyes, uh, to open our eyes, to bring our hearts together uh, with the goal of becoming more acquainted with each other as a community, uh, more intimate, and having a far greater depth in our understanding of one another. Um, so I just have a question of how does diversity in a church actually happen? I mean, just take one moment and look around you. Look to the people to your left, to your right, behind, front, and the back of you. Um, I'm so proud to be a part of this community. I think we really embody uh, a multicultural community. And I think it's just hearing from a lot of pastors, it's, it's something that actually a lot of pastors desire for their own community. And it's nothing that this house has sought out to do. It's just the work of the Holy Spirit that has brought all nations unto himself in this place. And so that puts a smile on my heart. Um, you know, although the current exposure of systemic oppression, racial biases, and ill intent are being displayed, um, I'm just really encouraged that our community has such depth, such character um, that honors God and honors each other. Uh, this is a model for the world, um, you guys. This is but a dim foreshadowing of what the global church is getting ready to experience in the coming days. Unity, reconciliation, and radical love. Guys, it's out of brokenness. It's out of these situations that God moves on the heart, that he moves on behalf of his people. I mean, even looking at the analogy of how fruit is yielded from the earth, the ground has to be broken, and from it, good things come. So my heart is I'm not, I, I am deeply, um, you know, hurt by what, what has been happening, but I'm also deeply inspired and deeply encouraged, and you should be as well, because I believe in moments like these, God is getting ready to do something powerful, and he's getting ready to use us in a powerful way. So don't let your hearts be dismayed. Don't be discouraged. God is still good, and he's still sovereign. So the question remains of how did we get here as a nation, right? How did our country arrive at this point, this pinnacle where we have all sorts of things happening in Congress, 
Um, we have a lot of things happening in regards to racial tensions between cops and um, pedestrians. We have a lot of unjust killings. Um, allow me to take you through some facts for one moment. Uh, not to harp on the issue, uh, but to present it soberly um, from an unoffended heart, a heart that trusts in the sovereignty of God. Uh, the unfortunate reality in this is that these experiences you are seeing, be, you are seeing displayed on television, on the radio, um, from your friends, are not new by any sort. They aren't occurrences that have happened all suddenly, but actually beginning with the death, not, not only with the beginning of the death of Trayvon Martin, they are old and far too familiar to many people in this room. They are the constant reality and now broadcasted experience of a people group in the United States. So I just want to take even a moment to just even address my African-American friends um, in this community. Um, and brothers, um, let your cries and limitations be heard by God. But I challenge you to rejoice. Rejoice to God who knows all and sees all and is sovereign over all racial oppression. It is not truly, and, and it truly comes to heal our, our, our broken land. Having dialogues about racial oppression Having dialogues about racial oppression does not cure racial oppression. What it actually does is the radical power of God. I think we can all agree that the root of the issue is something more pervasive throughout our society, more entangled in the systems of this world and authored by Satan, and clearly innate in the fallen structure of man. My heart breaks with you and is one that has experienced myself, um, brutality from officers, on multiple occasions, I urge you to take a different approach than some, some others in society are taking today. I urge you once again, display the image of Christ. Allow the love of the Father to disarm those who seek to take your lives. Allow God to display his glory through history, your history, and draw all men into himself. Take the present opportunity. Allow your present experience to be used as an instrument that God can use to exercise his authorization in your life by yielding to his sovereignty. Take him on his invitation. It will be great. I have great peace in knowing that the Holy Spirit, that God, Jesus himself, has experienced all ridicule and all hate that we could ever experience. If you could, with a moment, go with me to John chapter 15. So in John chapter 15, verse 18, it says, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would have loved you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will also obey yours. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my father. 
but this is to fulfill what is written in the law. They hated me without reason. We're going to read verse 26 says, when the Holy Spirit comes, I will send when the Holy Spirit comes, I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the father. He will testify about me and you also must testify for you have been with me from the beginning. There's a great thing. I think that God uses these type of experiences, especially for us in the church, that they actually produce something in our heart. That suffering is not unto nothing, but it's actually something that God uses for us to become acquainted with himself, because in acquainting ourselves with the suffering of Christ, we also have the ability to understand him in his glory. And so I really want to encourage you in this, that in these moments, especially where our nation is so broken, and guys, I feel it in myself, I'm, I'm going through it myself. I want to encourage you to allow this op- to be an opportunity that God can come and use your brokenness as an extension of his grace to heal a nation. Guys, we pray for revival, and I truly believe that these, these, these type of things that are happening right now aren't taking my heart by surprise, right? These are things that have been happening. These are things that are spoken of in the word of God, right? I believe God is definitely using these circumstances and situations to really break open the, the, the ground of our hearts, to break open the world. I mean, guys, we're seeing such polarity between even political candidates, different schools of thought. A lot of this stuff is coming to the surface. This is our hour. This is the time God created us for. This is the time he created you for. This is our time to rise as the church and to be the church. This is the time where we are to band together in unity. And guys, understand that there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding, right, between us because we all have different experiences. But the thing that makes the body great is what? It's the body, and it is one. It is one. And the reason why the body is one is because we are supposed to represent the same union that's attended between the Holy Spirit, the Father, and the Son. So I want to encourage you, especially in this time, that it's, it's easy for us to become offended. And offense breeds offense. Hate breeds hate. And from that, we, we can't structure, we can't function as a body. You know, in the Word of God, it says, when the heart is deferred, when, when hope is deferred, it makes the heart sick. It makes the heart sick. And being part of a body, a body has one heart, and that heart is connected by blood vessels and arteries and blood that flows. And what that blood is is communication between you and I. We need to stay connected. We need each other. And so what I want to encourage you in is when you see these type of events happening, I I want to encourage you not just to stay present and silent in your solitude and just say, oh, well, because you don't understand the experience, right? You don't understand what's going on. Just simply say that, oh, it's, it's really not touching my life. Um, you know, racial oppression is something that happened in the 70s. We're past it. Not the truth. Not the truth. What I want to encourage you to do is I want, I, I, what I'm praying is that dialogues would start to happen in our community, that we would actually start to understand each other and come together in prayer because Christ is the only answer in this. Let's be honest. This is not an academic exercise where we can sit here and we can go through history. History has happened. It's true. This is real. This is now. These are experiences. And the only way for us to to get through this together is to lift Christ up as a body. And to say, God, we don't have full understanding, right? Because there's only a depth of understanding that I can bring you to as a black man. There's only a depth of understanding that you can bring me to as as, as other cultures. But what what we need to do is band together and to say, God, we need you in this moment. We need you this moment. God, we are not taking a back seat. We are not saying we are uninterested. We are not being disengaged because it, it doesn't touch our hearts. But as brothers, 
as brothers, as, as sisters in Christ, we're saying, God, we are picking up the burdens of our brothers. We're picking up the burdens of our sisters. Why? Because we want to display love. That's, I think that's what a lot of people are upset about today is that, you know, they're, I hear a lot of comments of saying, you know, there's, there's a lack of love, right, because there's a lack of understanding. But I really do believe that it's, it, takes, it's, it takes a unique uh, pairing of both of us, right? It takes humility, but it also takes a heart that's willing to understand, to understand the experience. I know a lot of you have not, you know, in some way or another have not experienced racism or to a certain degree. But I just want to say it is real. And I want to say that as we start to band together as a community and say, share with me your life. Share with me your testimony. Let me understand, not so that I could sit and, and pity at the world of the brokenness. We know the world is broken, right? But so that I can say, brother, let me join in this effort with you and pray and, and make a cry and appeal to heaven and say, God, come and touch our land. Yeah. See, this is, this is all created for us to be unified, right? It's not created to split us apart. It's not created to say that is your experience. I'm sorry. And it's not created to say you don't understand. It's created to bring us together so that we can co-labor together and showing and displaying the co-laboring of the body with Christ. That's what it's created for. So I want to say that this is our hour. This is our time. Guys, worship, something is happening, not only in this community, but in the world. I don't know if you can sense it, but there was a powerful time of worship. And as I was praying, I just heard the Lord saying, my well is here. Come and draw from me. Come and draw from me. You know what we were doing in worship? We were declaring who God is. In situations, we don't declare. God knows they're bad. He says, fear not, for I've overcome the world. He says, you are going to endure hardship. But what, what our response is that we declare the goodness of God. Because in declaring the goodness of God, what we're doing is we're saying, God, our faith and our hope is in you. And when our faith and hope is in you, you don't disappoint. That's not a bad investment. That's something you can take to the bank. I want to read some more scripture because the word is good and it's alive and it does something when you read it. In Hebrews 12, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us, let us run with endurance an active persistence, the race that is set before us, looking away from all that will distract us and focus our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of faith. The first incentive for our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity, who for the joy of accompanying the goal set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. Just consider and meditate on him who endured from sinners such bitter hostility against himself. Consider it all in comparison with your trials so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Guys, Christ wants us to partner with him in this. This is an invitation. In John 17, Christ, before he was going to, to the cross to be crucified, this is what Christ prayed. He said, God, God, I have, I have received those that you have given to me. I have followed your word. I have followed the things that you have spoken for me to do. And Lord, this is what I pray. God, I pray that they would be one as we are one. Christ's whole desire is reconciliation. That's what he desires us to do. That's what we're to model. 
as a church. That's what we're to model as a body. And so what I'm hoping is, is that these scenarios, I'm not praying that they would simply go away, right, with no concluding result. What I'm praying is that these types of things would propel our hearts to action because they're challenging us right now. These are challenging times, if we're honest. And I'm not merely saying, let's put a spiritual Band-Aid on and say it's covered by the blood, it's going to be okay. I'm not saying that at all, so I hope you don't see that as my message. What I'm saying is, in the ripping off of the Band-Aid, right, in the exposure of things that are happening in some of the lives of people in our community, let's deal with it together. Let's band together. Let's try to understand each other. Let's tolerate each other in love so that we can be the mature and complete body, so that Christ's desires can be fulfilled throughout the earth. This is good. God is so good that he can take challenging times and situations, flip the script, and make it for his glory. And guys, by us being not understanding or, or remaining in our offense, what we're doing is we're actually stopping God from moving. We're saying, God, we're disconnected from your heart. No blood is flowing. But as the body, let's engage with the heart of God and say, God, show us what you desire to do in this. Show us, show us what your plan is. I'm going to read some more scripture. Is everybody doing okay? In 2 Timothy, you don't have to go there. I'll just read it. 2 Timothy 2, chapter 8. It says, remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Guys, it's not chained. The word of God still works. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here is a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot disown himself. These are promises. The word of God is promise. God honors his word as himself because he was the word made flesh. Amazing. I'm going to read one more scripture. For those of you that don't read your Bible, we're going to read the Bible this morning. <laughs> but don't use this as a, as a fleece to not read during the week. In Philippians 1.6, it says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the, the day of Christ Jesus. I just want to share a testimony real quick. When I was in college, my sophomore year of college, I was going through a very broken part of my life, the story, the epistle of my life. I was, I was chained by sexual addiction. I was depressed. I didn't have a sense of identity. I was also going through racial oppression. I was very offended. I was very upset. And I remember going to my car one day in between classes, and we had this huge parking and I would just go and park in the back. And I remember this one time I went in my car, and I closed the door, and I just started crying out to God. I said, God, I'm so broken. God, I'm so powerless. And see, with our brokenness, we have a choice. I think that's our responsibility. We have a choice in what we do with it, right? Our brokenness can either yield brokenness in which we offend others, and we hurt others, or we can use our brokenness and say, God, you understand. God, you know. God, help me. 
God, you have you experienced all brokenness that we've experienced. You've experienced ridicule. You've experienced shame. In this, God, I find comfort that you know my heart. Help me, Lord. See, a lot of you, a lot of us are looking for other people to understand. And the thing is, I think I had a conversation with Nefemi one day, and this was so good. We were just talking about the whole thing about being understood because me and Annie, I don't know if you, there's Annie right there. There's my fiance. <laughs> if you guys don't know, if it's not obvious, I'm an African-American man. Annie's a Korean lady, <laughs> just to make it clear. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know we look a lot alike, but we are not <laughs> in many ways. But the thing that unifies us is the love of God. But we were having a conversation, just really trying to dialogue. Annie was really trying to understand. She's like, man, I just don't understand, like, what's going on? Like, I'm not really, my heart wants to be there in understanding these tragic events, but I don't feel like I have, I don't feel like I can understand, right? And I think me and Nefemi, Nefemi had um, really shared this, and it, stu- it stuck with me ever since. She says there has to be an understanding, right, within ourselves that there's only a depth of understanding that we can have between each other, right? There's only so much you can know about my life, right? And there's only so much that she can, that I can know about her. But in continuing to work it out, we get a little bit deeper in the water. But the reality is the ultimate depth of understanding comes from Christ. And that's where our hope is. See, if my hope is simply in Annie to fully understand my experience as an African-American, to fully identify with everything that I've been through, my hope will be disappointed. Right. But if my, my love is, is that I know that her heart is she's she wants to understand. And because of that desire, I'm OK with the fact of her not fully understanding. But I know that her heart is there. So because of that, that binds our hearts together because I know she's with me in it. I know she doesn't have, have an understand, but she's not going to discount. Right. And that's why I feel like the same response is to be with us, is that there's only a level of understanding that we can all have with each other, right? There's only a level of understanding. I can sit here and I can go through testimony, through testimony, through testimony of how I've experienced racial oppression. But the reality is, is that it doesn't do much for you, right? But in continuing to have these conversations and continuing to understand each other, we come to a little bit deeper understanding. But I think the reality is, is that the full understanding comes from Christ, that we are known by Christ and Christ is what binds us together. And Christ has the ability to share my experience for Annie to understand more than my words can, right? And so I think whenever our hearts are there, we're yielded to the experience of Christ making us one, in, in one body, one mind, one thought, we can come to a greater understanding of each other's experience and pray for each other and walk strongly as a body. So what do we need in this hour? What's our response to be as a church, as a people, as people that have been through oppression, as people that have oppressed, as people that have been silent, as people that have been vocal? What are we supposed to do now? And I think that's the question that a lot of you guys have, is what's our response in this? And I think our response is clearly displayed in Scripture. One second. Let's go to Psalms 30. I'm just going to read it. It says, I will exalt you, Lord, 
For you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. Lord, my God, I called to you for help, and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Sing the praises of the Lord, you, his faithful people. Praise his holy name, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said I will never be shaken. Lord, you have favored me. You made my royal mountain stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, Lord, I called. To Lord, I called for mercy. What is gained if I am silenced, if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, Lord, and be merciful to me. Lord, be my help. You turn my wailing into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord God, I will praise you forever. This place of Mary is so important in this time. The place of Mary, coming to the feet of Jesus. I think I've been, you know, especially as an African-American man, it's really hard, I think, for me because I've looked at these issues and the first thing my heart wants to do is to get offended, to pound the pavement, and to, and to, to make some stuff happen in my own ability. But I think the reality is, is that God is sovereign. That's one thing I'm learning, is that nothing passes his eye. Nothing passes his understanding. He knows what he's doing. And I think in this time, our response should be, God, we want to waste ourselves on you so that you can heal our brokenness, so that we can have the oil of gladness, the oil of joy that's produced out of suffering. God, that we can become more acquainted with each other, representing the body, and further, more understanding you, who you are. This is what God desires to do in us. And so, guys, I want to encourage you, not only encourage you, but challenge you. Get in the place of Mary. Start to have conversations with your brothers and sisters. Start to understand. And don't stop there, but let's take prayer up together. Let's make our limitations be heard before God and cry out, because I believe this is the hour he wants to do something. We pray for revival, but, but do we know what revival looks like when it happens? I really think we're on the edge of something here. I mean, you look all around, things are, are falling, are breaking apart. The real reality of the way systems are, are being exposed. And I think in this hour is our time to be the church. This isn't a time for us to be silent and to take a back seat and say, it's not my issue. But it's the time to say, God, we're going to band together as a body. We're going to band together as a body because we know you want reconciliation. We know you want unity. And God, we want what you want. And in displaying this, God's going to come. God's going to come, and he's going to breathe upon what we're doing. The Great Commission, Matthew 28, go ye forth in the world, make disciples. Not make disciples of your own kind, but reach across racial boundaries, reach across gender boundaries, reach across country boundaries, and start to acquaint yourself with your brothers and sisters. I urge you, and I challenge you, both, I challenge both sides to this, Let's be reconciled to each other so that Christ could be glorified. These are very difficult things and very sensitive topics. And I think through some extent, we'll start to continue to dialogue more about it to come to a more understanding and really put some practical things in place. But I think the first question is, what is your response in this time? What is our response as a people? So I want to challenge you. Let your response be, God, I will seek you until I find you. 
God, I will cry out until I hear your voice. God, I will, I will be a champion of unity until I see it displayed on the earth. Because in that, we're taking God at his promise. God says he will call all men into himself. That's not fairy tale. That's promise. And as we take God on that promise, he's going to be faithful to breathe upon our partnership and our agreement with him and to fulfill his desires throughout the earth. Don't be dismayed. Be encouraged. Let's go after this together. I'm going to pray. God, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for your desire. Oh, God, we are not dismayed. God, our hearts. Wow, Jesus. <laughs> God, our hearts want to be engaged with what you're doing. God, we want to acquaint ourselves with the brokenness, not to sit and remain broken, but God, to acquaint ourselves with the suffering to say, Father, you understand and you see. Father, make us one. God, I just ask right now, God, for the heaviness, Lord God, that this topic brings, God, for the hurt that this topic brings, God. We believe, God, that you can heal the land. God, we believe, God, that you can heal the wounds of a generation. God, we believe, God, that you can hear years of systematic oppression. God, because you are sovereign and nothing is out of your sight. So, Father, this morning what we do is we lift up our response and we say, God, you are the answer in this time. God, you are the answer for humanity. God, you are the answer for racial tension. God, you are the answer for political unrest. And, Father, we depend and put our hope in you this morning, God. So, Father, we ask, make us one. Lord, we just declare who you are. We declare your goodness right now, God. Start to declare the goodness of the Lord. Father, we declare that you are sovereign, Lord God, over this nation. God, we declare that you are sovereign over our lives, Lord God. And we put our trust and our hope in you, God. You are so good. Be glorified in the praises of your people this morning. Make us one, God, that you might enjoy yourself in your unity, Father. Amen. What I want to do is I want to, to create a time of response.